Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high-quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier will grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Forest Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforcepodcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony ain't drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys are second to none, but that's the end of the intro, it's time we've begun. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 794, by my last count, that is correct, of the Trinity Force podcast. My name is N.A. Eric and it's just me and John tonight. John, say hello to everyone. Hello. How are you doing, Eric? Let's hear how you're doing, I'm... Eric, first. Oh, thank you. It's been you. such I a while since it. anyone asked how you're doing. 
I know. Like even when uh, my partner comes home, she never asks how I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just, ta- I'm, just, I'm just talking shit. She absolutely does. Um, yeah, no, I am good. I am a little tired today because I uh, did not get enough sleep. I got about like eh, almost six hours or so, just because I was up too late and um, was hungover this morning. Basically, yesterday was uh, so we're recording this on the twenty third. On the twenty second was the start of Lunar New Year for um, anyone that celebrates Lunar New Year. I believe they all start at the same time. But uh, yeah, so neither me nor my girlfriend uh, have any sort of Lunar New Year celebration stuff. But we both love Asian food and things like that. So we went to a Korean restaurant and had uh, some Korean wine and. Um, obviously Korean food and such like that. And then I was drinking a little bit earlier too. We've just Ubered over there. It was like five, it was literally $10 each way. Cause it was like a couple miles away. Um, and then came back, she crashed around like eh, 1130 or so. And I was up till like two still just playing games and drinking and such. Um, so yeah, I woke up and, uh, was had not the, not a bad headache, but I had that, um, I don't know how you are when you're hungover, John. I uh, have issues with temperature regulation. My body does not regulate its temperature well, and I am off balance a lot more than usual most of the day. But, um, like, it's just normally I – I don't know. It's not, like, in a specific direction. It's just I'm a lot more clumsy, and I'm not I'm not I'm not graceful on my feet like I normally am. No. <laughs> I I just I just can't like I don't know. I I bump into things. It's just passively my body is not 100% on the same page as my brain there. And then my temperature regulation does not work. It's hot and warm and stuff like that and even once I get hydrated and eat some food and stuff like I feel fine right now but like my feet are really cold and I feel warm in my upper half like it's it's a mess. But uh I'm going to get some more sleep tonight so that it doesn't happen tomorrow as well. And I'm not drinking tonight either. So then I definitely won't be hungover tomorrow. So yeah. What are your hangovers like, man? Uh, I mean, usually not too bad unless I really get after it. Okay. Yep. I've noticed that they, I, I have learned that people, it's true. Everyone age does make hangovers worse. They, I used to not get them at all when I was like 18 or so. Now, almost a decade later, I'm starting to... I mean, they're not like horrible, but if it is a pretty bad one, I can feel it for most of the day or if not a whole day. But yeah, other than that, um, I was playing Stray, the game earlier. I was playing it uh, last night. I was playing some and I was playing some today, trying to get through it and finish it. And then I'll have one less reason not to play more League it's just a fantastic game. So if anyone hasn't played it, if you don't know what it is, go look it up. You play as the cat and you run around. It's it's the cat game. It's it's so cool. Um, it's uh, I just got an achievement as well. I got one that was called Alcatraz. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's a play on Alcatraz with a cat. Uh, if you weren't able to get it, I definitely gave that away too much. But um, league's been good. I've, I've done some of my placements. I'm through six games and I'm five and one right now. Um, yeah, and we I could have been 6 and 0 had some other people had some better mental, but we got trounced kind of in the one game that we lost, but so far so good, and I'm looking forward to all these patch notes we're going to be reading. And uh looking forward to that dropping, maybe shake up the jungle meta a little bit. It feels it's not stale. There's a lot of stuff you can play. It's just not my favorite, so um yeah. 
and I don't have any travel on the horizon because I've been traveling a lot for different reasons and going different places and stuff. I'm in one place for at least the next like month and a half, two months or so, which is nice. So, um, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Thank you for asking, John. How are you doing, my good I'm friend? I'm doing great. Um, playing a little bit of League. Been playing through uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It's been fun. Started Sekiro. Been really liking that. Um, as far as League, I've been playing a good bit of ADC. Really been enjoying that. Getting ready for the uh, for the changes coming up. I've just been enjoying ADC oh, too. Yeah. Just enjoying it more. So I've been playing it more. Nice. I uh, I haven't played all that much ADC because it's never really my go-to. But um, I definitely see a lot of ADCs not having fun and looking forward to the changes and I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe go play some normal games and play ADC as well with some of these changes coming through soon. But, uh, yeah, when, um, concerning Fallen Order and Sekiro, I know that, I mean, obviously they're both, I don't remember the name of the studios, but they're the, they're like souls like games in that sort of way. What's, um, which one do you think is harder? Sekiro, definitely. Really? What about it is harder? Is it like that? Is it, I guess what about it is harder? Uh, I mean, I just think in general the difficulty of stuff like is harder, and then like the just like first encounter, I guess. Like, I mean, I haven't played Sekiro that much, but just from mm -hmm. my encounters with like uh, I guess like harder opponents are much tougher. They they seem much tougher. Yeah, um, like I guess pairing uh, is like super important. I mean, it's like everything in Sekiro. So, like, if you can get good at that, then it makes, like, such a big difference. And also, just, like, knowing the moves that you can parry and the moves that you have to dodge or that you can, like, jump and dodge and whatnot. Um, can you get... So, in Fallen Order, I didn't really parry all that much when I played through it up until later on. I started to really use it because you needed some with some of the later on boss battles, but... Can you, because I just, you know, you can basically get through that game mostly with just dodging and, you know, movement and jumping and such like that. But it sounds like you can't really do that with a lot of the boss battles and other things in Sekiro. Is that right? Yeah, I would say, I mean, you can. There's like an element of all that. But like, I feel like pairing is like, uh, like it's apparent in the game that pairing is the sure. most like important uh, skill, I guess, mechanically in the game sure okay cool well maybe i will actually i'm not going to check it out i don't like <laughs> the only reason i got into the parrying games is more for the star wars thing so i'm not gonna my cousin's been telling me i need to go play souls or play souls 2 or sakura or that's a big reason why i never why i didn't play elden ring at all because parrying and dodging and stuff it's very time intensive for that game too though i know that it's an amazing game yeah i just uh i, I like any stuff where there's like timing is super important like that like the with pairing stuff um like sure. did you ever uh you know like the arcade game they have in uh where it's like they have the little blocks that go back and forth and it has to go like a, like goes up the tower and it's it starts with three and then after you go up to the third like stack or level it's uh it's two blocks at a time that goes like back and forth and then once you get to a certain point, it's just one that goes back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't really? know what you're talking I, about. Do you know? Do you have any idea of the name? Uh, I, I think it's called and... Stack. 
it's like a like a game that's an arcade. So, I mean, I just mentioned Stacker. that because it's like a yeah, it's like a timing thing where you just have to push the button to stop. Where it's like a, it looks yeah. like Tetris kind of, but it's like came out in 2004 it's like blue blocks that are coming in lines okay but yeah like that I mean that's timing is like everything in that it's actually I don't know if you know but stacker is possible to beat yeah I beat it so oh, I, you have yeah, okay that was like on, why the, I mentioned on it. the regular the regular set setting the estimated ratio of wins to losses is one in 800 yeah, I've won once <laughs> A single time. And it was when I was like... Cool. I think I was like 14, I would say. Yeah, I was probably... Like, yeah, 13 or 14. It was nice. actually in Ohio, yeah. Wanna, there was an arcade. I kind of want to look at a little footage here. I will mute this. And just look at it. Oh, interesting. And I like this... Okay, uh, they're like going back and forth. Yeah, and yeah I, like a camera. I get it. You're going back and forth. Okay, that's pretty cool, actually. Damn. Okay, I've seen this before. I've never played it, but I've seen it. You did a decent job. You did a good job. I just didn't get it, which is not your fault. I have no common sense, and my brain isn't working right because I'm hungover, so <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, cool. I like any stuff where like timing is important, uh, and like pairing mechanic is like super fun, I think. Um, and I haven't given those games a go, so they were all on sale on Steam, and I wanted to pick them up. They were. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more Steam sales coming up, and there always are. Maybe it'll be in a humble humble bundle at some point. Did you get uh, Fallen Order when it was at that like eight dollar price, like ninety six percent off or something insane? I got it for like four dollars and like thirty cents or something like that. It was absurd on Steam. Yeah, I bought it for full price when I when it came out. I mean, I don't regret it at all. It was an amazing yeah. game. I remember when I finished it, I put down the controller and audibly said, "Wow, this was solid." Yeah, just wait for. I'm not. I'm not spoiling anything, but wait for the ending. It's wild. Yeah, I'm interested to see how uh, the Hogwarts game is too. It's coming out in February. Your Hogwarts Legacy, the the open world one, the MMO. Yeah. It comes out like sometime in February, I think. I think so. Wasn't it pushed back the launch or something? I'm not sure. Hogwarts Last time I checked it was Legacy. supposed to be in February. But... Release date? Oh, February tenth. It was delayed twice, first of twenty twenty two and then later to February tenth of twenty twenty three. Uh Xbox One versions have been delayed from February to April and Nintendo Switch port is scheduled for release in July. So PC and a PC is going to get it first. That's most people are going to play it on a PC. They don't know why you'd play an MMO on a console or on a Switch even. Yikes. But cool. All right, should we get into it? Yeah. We got a lot of shit to talk about. Yeah, let's to, get into talk it. About. Okay, sweet. So um, basically uh, we're going to talk about patch 13.2, which uh, I guess the first big thing is it has been delayed we don't exactly know it was supposed to come out the day after we're reading this so it's supposed to come out tomorrow the 24th or the 25th of january but it's been delayed because riot games tweeted out that they had uh well it said i'll just read it earlier this week systems in our development environment were compromised by a social engineering attack we don't have all the right answers now 
but we wanted to communicate early and let you know that there is no indication that player data or personal information was obtained. Unfortunately, this has temporarily affected our ability to release content. While our teams are working hard on a fix, we expect this to impact our upcoming patch cadence across multiple games. Oh, sorry, my phone is still on loud. Let me turn that off. Uh, please be patient with us as we work through this and we'll keep you posted as we continue our investigation. So that was three days ago and there is no update since. League of Legends official Twitter then responded and said it may affect, uh, may impact delivery date for patch 13.2. Um, and it, it has, because otherwise we would see more notes that have come out by now. And then it said uh, they might also have to push the RE ASU uh, to patch 13.3 on February 8th, but they will keep us updated as they work through it. And there's no more news as of yet. So just keep that in mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. So first off, um, there's some sweet skins coming out. I guess I'll start with this as opposed to ending with it. Lunar Empress skins look beautiful in splash art. Don't know what they look like in game. I haven't seen it at all. And then Prestige Porcelain Lissandra should look really cool because all the porcelain skins look sick. Do you have? Do you like the porcelain skin line? Yeah, yeah. they do look really cool. Um, I think all the splash arts for these look really cool too. So I, I, I want to see. see. I haven't opened all. Of yeah, them. I'm excited to see the the like skin spotlights for them. I wonder how the ash one will be because I feel like I'm always like, I feel like those are kind of hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, this ash one reminds me of Fey Dragon. Ash. That one's okay. Fey Dragon Ash looks very or uh yeah that one looks very similar to me. She has a lot of skins. Good God. Yeah, she does. I have High Jesus. Noon, which is like looks good but it's kind of like not really that good i guess like from a gameplay standpoint yeah i like woad that's the one i have it's not it's much better for poke because the autos feel kind of clunky on it but um yeah it's she could do with a modern tune-up in terms of visuals i think project feels uh, the like the autos feel good on the project i think but i don't know if yeah you played with that one. uh i no, I haven't. I've heard that though, but that's there's a reason we I don't see it ever because Ash isn't that popular, and it's not allowed in pro yeah. play because the alt is deceiving, so it's banned. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So normally, I don't know what they're playing, but they don't play that. Whatever pros play her. Uh, the Kha'Zix one looks really cool, but I'm having a feeling it's going to be like uh, Odyssey. I was saying to you earlier, the Malphite one, the splash art looks absolutely fucking crazy. Um. And I'm excited to see what that one was. I thought it was a Volibear skin at first. Yeah. But it's not. I guess I'll open it so people can see what I'm talking about here. Uh, here we go. Upcoming. He looks like Volibear. He straight up does. But um, it looks really cool. And then Lunar Empress Kiana looks okay. I'm not going to open it. I didn't open the Emperor Thresh. Let me see what this one looks like. Uh, ooh, yeah, Thresh looks This seems like something that Fenrir is going to open his wallet for. Okay, sweet. Um, and then the porcelain Lissandra, it looked kind of the same. I bet you like, it. but in any case, uh, like the oh, go ahead. the uh, porcelain Lissandra one. I bet you the animations for that one are gonna sound sick, like for her Q and E. I'm excited for that, honestly, mm -hmm. for that skin. I mean, I don't play her that much, but I just feel like that theme could be really cool for her. Yeah, agreed. It absolutely could be. Are you going to buy the event pass in order to get her, uh, get enough Lunar Revel tokens to get the skin? Nah, I'm not that big of a Lissandra player. I mean, 
I've got other stuff Agreed. I would rather play, I guess, mid. I mean, I've played her a little bit. I think she's pretty good, but, I mean, she's kind of, I don't know. She's not the most fun champion to play. Yeah, she's very low range. She is. But, yeah. All right, so Ari, she is getting splash art reworks for four of her skins, uh, and then they're adjusting Okay, so new splash art for Midnight, Foxfire, Foxfire, Popstar, and Challenger, and then adjusted splash arts for all the other skins. New sound effects, new voiceover, new lore, uh, which is going to be really cool to see. Updated ability icons, complete visual update across all the skins. And so that's the ASU art and sustainability update will be shipped either this patch or next patch is what they're saying. Um, as for balance stuff, she also has some balance stuff, so I'll read through this, then we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, her Q mana cost is down by 5 at all ranks. The AP ratio on the Q is reduced by 5%, uh, so it's now a 40% AP ratio. Her E cooldown is down 2 seconds at all ranks, and the charm duration is increased early by 0.2 seconds, so it's now 1.4 at rank 1 as opposed to 1.2. Still scales to be 2 seconds. Um, then the R cooldown is reduced by 10 at all ranks. This doesn't seem... I mean, these seem like changes that you make when you're trying to sell skins. That's all I really read from this. I don't think it changes all that yeah, much. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got on that, too. I mean, they're just bumping the numbers a little bit up. Yeah, and I, but I do like that the changes that they're being made, they said, are changes from patches 12.9, 12.17, and 12.22 are all being reverted. So I do like that they're, instead of changing other things, they're just tweaking things that have already been tweaked previously. It's good. It doesn't add any extra level of complexity. It's just some of these numbers, which I like. So um, Annie is getting some stuff. Do you want to read through this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think these are really interesting and, like, pretty cool uh so the first thing i think which is pretty big for her is uh her passive is like at full stacks when the game starts and whenever you respawn so i feel like that opens up like interesting stuff for maybe her her invade obviously is way better now and she can just use her q start her q too which is super nice because uh I believe the only way to do it before was just start W, right? I mean, that's the only way that you could get your stun. That was the only way to do it. So that's it. just yeah. a nice quality of life change. Opens up invade potential for her, which is, like, super nice. Uh, same, I mean, it opens up, like, plays to make out a base with TP. When you respawn, you can just TP, True. Insta, ult, or Q someone, and then do your full combo. So I think that's, like, I think this is interesting and, like, cool. I mean, she's, like, a very old champion. And I think this is a like very good way to change her without you know doing too much, but like kind of more modernizing her, I guess. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the same. It it just makes sense to do that because they do that with uh, Pantheon and basically Everyone anything that like a passive that, yeah. has to stack. It always is uh, full at game start and respawn. It just always is. So totally good. Bring it up in line with other stuff, but. Yeah, she's got some other stuff. Yeah, let's, and then her let's uh, hear all of those. Yeah, her W mana cost is reduced from ninety to uh, one ten to seventy to one ten, so down twenty the first level, and then her E is a little bit different now. So whenever you uh, it now deals damage whenever you take damage, um, but it's only once per enemy, per her ability cast, and then it's uh, increased of. Uh, 
like the reflected E damage is 20 to 60 plus 20% AP to 20 to 60 to 40% AP. And then the base shield is going from 40 to 220 to 60 to 220. So just a little buff to her shield. And then to just a little change as well with the like reflection damage. And then decay of haste decrease from 50% to scaling 15 to 35%. And then the last... I don't go ahead. I, do you know what that last clause means? I don't quite understand. Yeah, what I was... Uh, I don't really either. Um, let's see. Decay of haste decrease. I don't know. Oh! So, what I'm thinking they mean haste might be the technical term for what... She gets a speed boost. That's oh, probably what gotcha. it is. Yeah, that is it. That is what it is. And then the last thing is her uh, ultimate, Tibber's health is getting increased from uh, 13 to 3100 to 13 to 3100 and scaling now to plus 75% AP. And then resists on Tibber's are increased from 30 to 90 to 30 to 90 plus 5% AP. So they're just getting some AP scaling. So Tibber's is going to be a tanky boy. Is Tibbers a boy? I don't know. I think I'm not sure. Tibbers is gonna be a but tanky Tibbers bear. is gonna be tanky. He's gonna be a tanky bear. Tibbers gender. Uh, does it ever say? I don't think it says. Uh, I'm gonna look. I'm on her like her wiki right now. In her lore, there are. Tw yeah, in like the long lore. Um, Tibbers. Tibbers, yeah. Oh, I have. Oh my god, I didn't realize this. Okay, Tibbers is a fiery demon with ties to some family. Originally a servant of Mordekaiser, he was captured by LeBlanc after she defeated Mordekaiser and infused into. Ameline, Kays, I don't know, whatever, whom later sealed him into her daughter, Annie's teddy bear. Holy what? Is him. That's it wild. is a, him. Uh, yes. Tibbers is, uh, is going to be a he's tanky gonna be boy. He's going to be a tanky so boy. He's a male. He's tanky <laughs> Tibbers. Is, he's not going to be any joke. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. Getting, like, ultimate though. But overall, yeah. I... Overall, I think these are really cool. Like, the, okay, the Tibber stuff is just like nice little quality of life. Obviously, there's the passive wings we talked about. W mana cost is pretty big because this is her. I mean, this is her second max. Unless your support, it might be your first max on support Annie. Um, but or maybe jungle Annie. This is actually your first max as well. Not that people really play jungle Annie, but you can. It's not all that bad. Uh, and yeah, but up until you're not going to be maxing this up until. Um, now, now it would be level uh, 12 is where this is going to equal out generally most games. So that's free mana for a lot of the game. That's really nice. Um, and then the the E is going to be uh, sneaky good, I think. I don't think people really respect her uh, damage reflection, just like people don't respect damage reflection on Ram SW or on Thornmail as much as they should. So I'm definitely excited to see this. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good change on her E too, because it just it's more like I feel like skillful, uh, like expression of the E usage with that. Because I mean, you have to think about like the damage reflection and the other stuff now too, which is I think that's just good. 
and like you said with the passive change, I think that's it'll be really good for her because I mean she's been pretty uh like lackluster in terms of like pick popularity. Yeah, she has been. Yeah. All right. So now, uh, anytime we we've talked about some of these ADC mana stuff, so I'm just gonna read through them, and we don't even really have to talk about them uh, as any. So there's like a few of them right here, and I'll read through. So Ash uh, getting her mana scaling increase from 32 to 35, and then her mana regen scaling is increased from four to 6.5 per level. Caitlin is getting mana scaling increase from 35 to 40, and mana regen scaling from 5.5 to 7. Ezreal mana regen scaling increase from 0.65 to 1. Um, and then they fixed a bug with Azir where uh, the R missiles are now castable while dead. Basically, this was this happened a few times in Worlds, and it's happened in Pros as well already, where he will people will throw the R as they die, and then the wall doesn't do any damage, and it doesn't knock anyone up if they die early enough, like before they get hit by the wall, get hit by Azir R. So now that bug is fixed. Hopefully, at all times, that's great. There are some details that they haven't released. Gangplank is getting some changes, and they haven't said what they are. Same with Heimerdinger, but uh, here's another mana one with Jin. Uh, w mana cost reduced from 50 to 90 to 50 to 70. That one seems pretty nice. Um, Jinx base mana increased from 245 to 260. Mana girth increased from 45 to 50. And W mana cost reduced from 50 to 90 to 50 to 70. Um, Kaisa base mana increase from 344.88 to 345, so a number cleanup there. Mana scaling increase from 38 to 40, and then mana regen scaling increase from 0 0.45 to 0 0.7. Kassadin, they have not said what they're doing. Same with Kindred, same with Lilia. Um, more, I'm just going to keep going. We got more ADC mana stuff. Lucian, base mana reduced from 349 to 340. Mana growth increase from 38 to 45. Base mana regen reduced from 8.18 to 8. Mana regen growth increased from 0.7 to 0.85. Misfortune, mana growth increased from 35 to 40. Mana regen reduced from 8.05 to 8. Mana regen growth increased from 0.65 to 0.8. Maokai, it's a nerf, they've said, but it's uh, we don't know what's happening. All right, Whew. next real change. Mordekaiser, W damage uh, to shielding conversion reduced from 15% to 7.5. So they're having the amount of damage when you're dealing that, I guess dealing or taking, that gets converted to this shield. Yeah, I, what do you think this means for jungle and lane Mordekaiser separately? I mean, I think jungle Mordekaiser, I think he was still very good, like, currently in this patch. So, I think that'll be a nerf to him. Obviously, it's, like, clear a little bit. I mean, it's still, I don't think we'll do that much to him, because I never found that to really be an issue. Like, it wasn't, like, I don't know. It wasn't like he was getting super low anyway. He's just like insta killing all the monsters even on his first clear. Like, you know, I didn't. I never found he yeah. got even without his W. You know, I I find that I don't even get that low. No, like not you could really just not use it, and uh, it would. I mean, it would matter, but like it would be, you know, not that big of a deal. So I don't know. I don't think that that's a huge deal to his jungle clear, but. Definitely a lot worse for uh, Lane Mordekaiser, but I mean he's been very good top lane too. So yeah, I think in general, and he's picked pretty often. Although his pick rate has gone down, um, 
I'm just looking at win rates right now, and his jungle win rate is 49. So this is going to go down a little more with a 2% pick rate. I don't really see jungle Mordekaiser all that often anymore, and that's backed up by the stats. Yeah. Top Mordekaiser is pretty common. I've seen I had it twice a couple days ago and set in like the space of like eight games, but six percent pick rate and a fifty point one five percent win rate. So they're deciding that and probably when they build right, it's much better than that. Uh so they're knocking it down a peg and he'll probably dip to sub fifty, but probably be in like the high forty nines. Probably where he should be though. Cause he's not an all around good. He probably should sit around 49 because he's a response champion. You don't just pick Mordekaiser to pick Mordekaiser, ideally. Yeah, and you don't just, like, blind Mordekaiser every single game, you know? So, no. I think this is a much-needed change because, like, yeah, I've seen him, like you were saying, I've seen him much more uh, often in top lane. And, I mean, it's... If he wins top lane or if you don't, like, as the jungler, kind of take care of him... Before level six, it's a little frustrating. So it's nice if yeah, and he murders he murders early dragons too, and rift heralds like you have to really pay attention to those. Yeah, too. and his like when jungle Mordekaiser was better too, and I like even now. I mean, he just like his clear, especially after his first clear, so fast. It's like absurdly fast for that character. I feel like so. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll be interested to see what... But this is definitely, in my opinion, way worse for uh, top lane Mordekaiser. I think that'll just hurt him a little right. bit, but... He's been strong, Agreed. so and, we'll but see. He, he has for a long time. But I think we both recognize that this isn't going to make him... It's not going to make Mordekaiser unplayable or really change him all that much. It's just a nudge down, though, right? Yeah. I think okay. so. And then, yeah, I guess the next thing is... Nami is getting a nerf, but they don't know what it is. But I don't know. Do you have anything to say about this? The yeah. Nami, whatever yeah. they're doing. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, this is definitely a Lucian placebo nerf. Uh, uh, I, so but, I have other thing, I guess that I. Uh, okay, go ahead. So yeah, you tell like, me what you think. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like a Nami build that's floating around where you go mandate, like you rush mandate, or really you rush lucidity boots mandate and then you go a dark seal you know pretty early on and then you just rush Medjai's and then go Rabidons. I have not seen that and you and so her AP scalings are absurd so like if uh, I mean her E or is it her W the ebb and flow hits so hard and her ult hits so hard if you've got the uh, the dark seal and the Medjai's but I mean, it's her her yeah. AP scalings are pretty insane. So it does a lot of damage. The bounce. Yeah, her Q. I'm looking at AP scalings now. Her Q has a uh, 50% AP ratio, so that's okay. Um, that's the Aqua Prison. Also, her passive has a AP ratio. Did not know that, but 20% AP. Um, the ebb and flow, that's the heal or the damage that goes out is the heal is a 25% AP ratio and the actual damage is a 50%. And then for every bounce it has, it makes the next bounce less effective by 15%, but you can make it more effective with AP. It's like 7.5% per hundred AP. So if you have 200 AP, each bounce doesn't change at all. They're all equal. Um, and if you have more than a hundred if you have more than 200 AP, 
the more bounces you have, the better it is too, which is kind of crazy. So that probably is why there's a lot of AP there. And then her E has, uh, that's where you empower yourself or other champs to do bonus damage and slow their target. The bonus damage per hit is 20% AP ratio and the slow is 5% per 100 AP. So that's a lot of slow though, if you're stacking that up. And then her R is a 60% AP ratio. So her, hers are high for a support, but, uh, yeah, I remember when she was releasing, people were trying to play her in mid lane, and they were saying her AP ratios were too low. But I do get how with the Magi's, if you're able to get it, and then with Deathcap, you're uh, get the Magi stacked. You're going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of damage and a lot of damage. yeah. And the other thing is like your your R, like it's you just throw your R, your it does a good bit of damage because she has good AP scaling on her R. It's like sixty percent, I think, and then uh. And then it gives also your team a lot of movement speed because of her passive, like if they're just in that area. And I mean, it's just such a good uh, engage and just like disruption, but like also does a good bit of damage if you hit a lot of people. And then, I mean, she's got the healing. And like the AP scaling on the W where it bounces and hits enemies is 50%, and then the healing component is 25%. So the W still hits pretty hard. Like, if they're all stacked together and you hit them, like, in a choke with your R, W, and you have, like, an ally or a few allies near them, like, it does, and it bounces to, like, two or three people, it does a lot. Um, But I've seen that, like, actually played against it a lot, too. So it's been been interesting. I don't know. But I'll be interested to see what they do specifically because, I mean, I don't, I feel like that's kind of just kind of a little cheesy. I don't yeah, know if that should is. be a thing, so, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. They'll probably change something where that's going to be less effective. Maybe just give her more raw-based stats would be the better way to do it, and then nerf some of the AP ratios. And adjust. like, I don't think she's all that strong on her own. I don't think she necessarily needs a nerf uh, to herself, but yeah, an adjustment would get rid of something like that. Her stats were like she had like a 51% win rate or so, but I'm pretty sure a lot of that is because Lucian and or like Draven or other characters that she gets played with or Caitlyn are good right now. So if you drop, uh, you know, if you change some of those other stats around, then she's not applicable with some of those other ones. And as meta changes, she goes up and down anyways. She's a meta reliant champion, not so much a Nami champion. If you get what I mean. Yeah. yeah I, I got you. But okay. Cool. You want to go through Oriana? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I d- also, one last thing with Nami, and then I'll read through it, is if Nami does get nerfed, or depending on the changes, then we will probably see Lucian Nami disappear from competitive play, which would be very nice to see some other stuff pop there, oh, yeah. because Lucian Nami is in every game, or like it's banned or picked all the time. I don't know about in the West as much, but in Korea, it is everywhere still. Yeah. Just change uh, it that's up. All I just want to see some different it. stuff. Yeah, I want a Felios back. Something different. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yep, yeah, Orianna. Uh, Q pass-through damage changed from 10% less per enemy after 10% less per enemy after the first cap to 60% to 30% less per enemy after the first. Doesn't uh, deal with the cap. So as you're the Q when you're redirecting the ball, when it deals damage as it passes through, but for every enemy it it passes through, it's supposed to deal less and less damage 
which is different than the actual where it lands the damage. That is different from the pass-through. Um, but so they're adjusting the number on that. The W mana cost is going down from 70 to 110 to 70 to 90. So 20% or 20 less at max rank. Um, and then her R damage is increased from 200 to 350 plus 80% AP to 250 to 450 plus 90% AP. So 50 damage level one uh, additional and then at level three an additional 90 or additional 100 flat damage plus a 10% AP ratio increase. So this is good. I mean, Oriana has been on the cusp of being good, I felt like, for a while. But she's already a champ that you need to really know what you're doing to play well. Uh, she's not someone that you can just like, hey, I'm gonna, I got auto-filled mid, I'm gonna play Oriana. That doesn't work. Don't do that, folks. But um, I don't know. I I like this seeing Oriana when she's good, like seeing her in pro play and such, and uh, just seeing her in games. I like that a lot. What do you think? I think she's really a fun champion to watch, like with the skill for like user of her. Um, like when someone who's really good with her pilots her, like especially in pro play, like you were saying, I think that's really fun to watch. And I think she opens up a lot of, uh, like, just in interesting, like, gameplay in, in team fights and stuff like that. Because, I mean, she's also, I feel like, just good for uh, from, like, a competitive standpoint, right? Because, like, there's a lot of people uh, in competitive that can, you know, pilot her mechanically very well. And then can get, you know, really high CS with her. So, she's definitely a threat and very annoying to deal with, um... If she's really strong late game, I mean, the slows are insane, oh, yeah. the shields are insane, the disruption is really good. I mean, her lane pressure is, like, she can bully in lane, she can CS really easily. I mean, from a pro perspective, and it's a, I feel like a good pick. Like, uh, like it's nice to have a champion like that who's, like, good in the meta. Yeah, I 100% I agree with you. She, um... Oh, where's the actual page? I'm just looking at some of her AP ratios because they are pretty yeah, high. Like, uh, she has low base damage because a lot of it's pretty spammable, but high AP ratios. I guess I'm, these are not as high as I thought, some of them. But the R, as I said, is getting up to 90, so that's a pretty high on an ultimate. The E, the command and protect, the damage that it does when it... dealing. Oh, pass-through damage. Oh, I thought the pass-through was actually on her passive, but it's not. It depends on the spell for Q yeah. or E, but the pass-through on e, her E is a 30% AP ratio, and then the shield strength is 45%. Uh, the W is a 70% AP ratio. That's the main damage, and then her Q is a 50% AP ratio, plus her autos have 15% um, AP ratio on hit, which increases up to two stacks, and then this, at max it's 21% AP uh ratio as well so it's she does a lot and um she's one of those champions that really 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 denies area so well like you have to it's almost like playing against anivia in a weird way but she can respond way faster than anivia can and i mean she doesn't have the power and the spell hit that anivia does as much but um it's you can't walk near the ball or within too close of the ball because then she just moves it real quick with a Q and then W's you and then that's an it's a free comet proc every day of the week um, or area or whatever it's uh, I don't I don't know I don't like playing against her but um, I do she is a very healthy champion for league to yeah have. I think she's just like the classic 
Uh, I like that she's like uh, like very hard to play though. But like, if someone's good with her, she's insane. You know, I think that's like prop, like how it should be with her. But yeah, I mean her her AP scalings are really good. And I mean, if you like you're saying, if you don't respect the ball like even a little bit, you know, the range on it's a good on the Q is pretty uh, it's pretty high. So I mean, if you don't respect it or dodge it, I mean, you're gonna get absolutely just destroyed like late game with that and the other thing i don't know if you faced this like i faced like electrocute and uh airy oriana especially electrocute just is like so oppressive in lane man in mid lane like because the qw does it just because the slow it. on the w counts yes. towards it, you it. Just yeah you literally don't need to auto yep, or anything you, just, you can literally just insta proc electrocute it is so oppressive in lane if you're good at doing that and you're uh the other thing i like about her is like uh the autos and your movement, like especially when you're all lining someone, really matters with her, uh, because of the way yeah. her autos work. Like the moving in such a way that you're getting off maximum autos is very important with her, and like can make a huge difference um, in terms of like damage. But that's the other thing I like about her is there's just like a component of her spells, and then her autos are also important though. Agreed. Agreed, it absolutely separates like a good Oriana player from a bad one. And uh, yeah, um, she also has a really cool... I mean, last thing on her, and then we'll keep moving because there's a lot of changes to go through. Her lore is also really cool. It's sad, but it's cool. So I'd recommend that people go read that if you're interested in lore. It's it's really cool. Um, anyways, uh, Rise, they're changing Rise. It's going to be a nerf almost definitely. Uh, and then details are still coming. They haven't released it. Senna... Mana changes here again, folks. Mana regen increase from 0.4 to 0.7. Sivir, uh, mana scale, uh, mana scaling increase from 40 to 45, and then W mana cost reduced from 60 to 80 to 60 at all levels. Um, and then uh, Twitch is also getting some mana changes. Base mana increased from 287.2 to 300. Number cleanup, and then mana regen scaling increased from 0.45 to 0.7. Um, Yumi, they haven't released the details of. Zaya, mana regen scaling increase from 0.75 to 0.8. Udir, they haven't released exactly what they're doing, but they're targeting Armax Udir, so the Jack show with Demonic Udir. Um, and then we have two other changes here as well. So, I mean, before we talk about Cinder and Zoe and stuff, just about, we don't know what, like, what numbers or how they're changing Udir, but we were talking off before we started recording about Udir and, uh, how this change needs to come, but also the fucking lethality Udir changes need to come through. Do you want to, like, tell me, uh, tell everyone else what you were telling yeah, me about Yeah, so, like, I don't know, man. It, it's just, like, the, that same exact build is still, like, very viable. And by that build, I mean the one where you go Bork, Prowler's Claw, or Prowler's Claw, Bork, and then go full tank, and you just Q... Prowler's Claw, and then you just insta-kill whoever it is, because it doesn't matter if they're a tank, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter who you are, it will just, like, one-tap you if he has Halo Blades with, with Prowler's Claw and Bork, and then he just goes full tank after that, and he's super hard to kill as well. I just think they need to, yeah. like, that needs to be addressed. I mean, the R-Max is, like... I don't know. I I think more of the issue, I mean, in my opinion, is, like, and, I mean, I think they are doing some changes to this, if I'm not mistaken, but, like, I mean, currently, 
you just rush demonic embrace <laughs> on on Udyr, which I feel like is like kind of problematic in like a sign that demonic embrace needs to be probably toned back some more changed, which I think they're doing. Um, it's not on Melee's, this patch, yeah. but I do remember they were saying that they're gonna touch it more and watch it, and I believe they nerfed it in. 13.1, the, the patch we're on, but it's still too strong. Like, Udyr can Udyr rushes it first. Maokai rushes it first right now. I rushed it first on Zac earlier, This and it felt totally good. There's other champions that can absolutely just rush it, and it's fine. Um, that's a that's a problem. It's not meant to be a first item. It's meant to be, like, a second or a yeah. third or a fourth or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I think whenever, like, a bunch of characters are just, like, rushing this item, then obviously there's, there's something going on but it has the the ravenous hydra treatment yeah going on right yeah now. for sure and it's like i guess I, I don't know i i guess to like a certain point like just depending on the numbers like i don't know i feel like the passive like one of the issues with the item is like the stats a are just like super good like it is an expensive item but the stats are so good and then the passive is insane and then like with the passive you can just build full health and have so much AP if you have AP scaling as well. I think the, also the build path has things that can build into multiple items as well as it being pretty good. Yeah. If they made the build path more pe more penalizing, if they changed the AP items to being, instead of a blasting wand or an amp tome, if they put in like a pink rod instead, that would make it uh, worse just because of build path there. Like, I think that that's another thing is like, it has such a good build path. And also the build belt, like, like it just feels good to build that. Like it's like a giant's belt, blasting one. Then what is it? Is it amp tome? Uh, amp tome and then 815 yeah. additional money. I mean, that feels so good to build as like any AP bruiser or like any character who just builds full health. Like that item feels insane. So... Yeah, they should. If in my mind, they should change it to be Ruby Crystal does not upgrade into Giant's Belt, and then Pink Rod, and then a bunch of extra gold. And then I mean, I don't know. I don't know about Jack Show. I mean, I think it's still pretty strong. Like they nerfed it pretty it good, is. but it's still strong. I mean, that's what he's building second. So it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I think in general, like the Prowler's Claw Bork thing needs to be uh, something needs to be done about that. Because it's so unfun to play against, yeah. and, like, there really is not that much skill to it, you know? Like, there is zero skill. You press your yeah, and Q, you claw, have your passive ready, you press a, a number or a thing assigned to your Prowler's Claw, and you don't, you, you auto-target then. And you right-click them. You can take yep. your hands right off the keyboard. Them, you, can go the Yumi, you can go the Yumi treatment and hands off the keyboard, folks. And also his, like, clear is, like, disgustingly good at the same time. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, he, he has too much going on for him right now, so I'm looking forward to these nerfs. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yep. yep. All right, uh, last two changes of champions, then we got a bunch of items. So, um, Syndra, the W cast wind-down time is removed, so they're making her W feel better to use now. Okay. Uh, neither of us really play Syndra. I don't think this makes that big of a deal. It's just more of a quality of life change. Um, but... This next one, John, why don't you take it? Why don't you take Zoe? Because oh, yeah. you came in hot when you told me. Oh, yeah. I was like, changes. well, they're buffing all of <laughs> Eric's favorite characters. How lovely is that? But, yeah. 
Zoe's E is uh, her shred is going um, from. Tw well, she yeah, didn't so have she one didn't before. have any shred before, but now she's getting MR shred, and it's going twenty to thirty percent scaling uh, when the target falls asleep and until they wake up. So her, who her Q, her full combo, it's gonna <laughs> be hitting harder than it's ever been hitting. Durability update? What? No, Zoe don't have to worry yeah. about no durability update. One shots are back in town for Zoe. Whew, I am excited about this. Oh yeah, Ooh. I think this is insane. Well, you know, now that ADC changes came through as well, we got to do some doing Zoe support and whatever ADC you feel like playing. Oh yeah, let's do it. Sweet. I, I think this is good. Zoe has felt a little... She feels good as a support. Um, I don't even know about her stats, but I don't think they're all that good. Mid lane, she hasn't seen pro play really for a long time, and she doesn't feel that good. Mid lane right now, she has a 49% win rate, uh, and people don't really pick her if they don't know what they're doing because she's very... She's kind of weird to play as well. Um, her support doesn't have enough pick rate, but has a 48% win rate. I, I mean, again, these are... I think that they are both better than this, but uh, support, I think, is better than mid. It's just harder to play. It's really weird play style. Um, but these are going to help. This will push her north of 40. I would guess this will push her up to like 51% in mid, and then support, I don't know if they'll be, people might pick her more there, but I doubt it. It's It'll get better, though, as well. Um, apparently, her highest win rate position is ADC with a 53% win rate. But it has 300 patches, or 300 matches on the patch compared to mid lane, which has 55,000. So it's not really being played except for like probably two people play a well, bunch maybe of maybe I support you, Eric. Um, <laughs> as as ooh, you're the I Zoe like ADC. <laughs> yeah, and with all these mana changes, you could choose I'll any ADC misfortune. to support me as. AP Misfortune. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm excited about this, though. This feels good. What other champions have actual. MR shred, like specifically MR Rumble. shred. I can think Evelyn does. Brumble does? Z does. That's like really important, yeah. His E? Yeah, really? so his E it just slowed. It, uh, slows, gives MR shred. And if you hit a second one after they've been affected by a first one recently, it does even more slow and more MR shred. And then if you do his enhanced one, which is his like when it's above 50%, his E does even more MR shred and slows even higher. So yeah. Holy so what you shit. do, ideally, his combo is E. E them once, get him to walk up, E him once, slow him, E him again, and then Q him, and then you get, it does so much, and then W into them, and so they do zero damage to you, and then you do an absurd amount of damage to them. Holy Christ, I did not yeah. know this. Yeah, yeah Rumble it's super good. Didn't do that. Deals, it's 10% magic resist reduction, so flat 10 or 10% off. And then it slows them, and they stack additively, so up to twice. You can get up to 20%, but in the danger zone, the the shred is 15% per, so you can get 30% of it off. That's that's equal to that. I know Evelyn does. Uh, I can't think of I like, anyone else, though, that Yeah, does. I mean, honestly, I like using his Empowered E a lot, too. Like, or doing... Also, the, obviously, doing the, the bread and butter is, like, the two E's, and then getting the Empowered Q on them. And that does just a gross amount of damage because you WQ and you get the enhanced Q if you've like been stacking yeah. a little bit. 
that explains why I've... So, oh man, I was not... I mean, if you can't measure your heat bar that much, Rumble's not that good, but uh, he... That explains why he does as much damage as he does. I did not know that, and I was trying to play Rumble through the Jungle Rumble meta and was not understanding that at all. That makes a big yeah, difference. Yeah, it does so much more damage if you hit uh, both of them. And even if you hit one, it does, like, his Q does so much more damage to him. Yeah, and you're building full pen in his build, too. You're usually going Proto Belt, Sork Shoes, Void Staff, uh, Shadow Flame, all yeah. of them you're getting. I like his pen. ult a lot, too. His wow. ult is, like, it's insane. I mean, it does, if you have items, I mean, his DOT is so good. His damage over time is just, it's, like, one of the better ones, I feel like, in the game. He also is, like, somewhat flexible. Like, usually full pen is, like, super good, but you can do Landry's as well. I mean, you can do Night Harvester. Yeah. You can do Proto Belt. Um, like, he's got some options. Same with runes. Like, I mean, you can do Conquer. You can do Electrocute. You can do Airy or, like, Comet or something. I mean, there's he has lots of options. He's super good into, like, Melee Bruiser's top or mid lane. Yeah, like, he is. Uh, he just he's able to just like kind of sustain and in lane and also he just has high base damage with with that like trading pattern he can do. I don't know. That's like mm -hmm. part of the reason I'm pretty good at him is cuz I I like his E a lot. Like I'm pretty good at hitting his E. I'm not. I feel like they always uh should be going further than they are. That ability is just so much longer range than it should be. Like, I don't know. I, I, that might just be me, but I feel like it's already so long range. I, I get it. I think it's appropriate, but I get what you're saying. Um, I looked in Eve's magic shred is 45% when you max your W. That's wild. Level 1 W is 35%, though. Yeah. I don't know how, ma how many other champions actually have this, though. I'm looking on the wiki and trying to find... More champions. Uh, Mord E has pat. Yeah, it gives him passive. Okay, Jace's passive on his auto. Karthus W the Wall of Pain. Right. Kale's Radiant Blast. I did not realize that it reduced that. I, I don't know it. if that's her Q or her E. I don't know which one. Oh is which. no, it's her. That's right. Uh, it's her Q. Q is a uh, the MR armor shred. I forgot yeah. about that. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was just armor, but it's both of them. Kogma's Q does a whole bunch. Yeah, the armor and MR. Actually, yeah, it does a good bit. It does. Mm -hmm. It shreds. Uh, it's twenty three to thirty one. Uh, Mordekaiser's R obviously does. It steals a whole bunch of stats from everything. Rel's Q. I did not know. Oh no, Rel's out. Sorry, her auto. Uh, yeah, Rumble's yeah, thing, and then Trund Trundle's Subjugate. And then there's two that have flat. Uh, Corky's Gatling Gun has flat, and then... Yeah, um, that's right. R Rel's passive does both percentage and flat. What? Uh, she... Rel's basic attacks before reduce Oh, deal extra damage before reducing their well, they steal, armor they and MR by 10%. She does do that. Um, oh, so it... I'm not 100% sure about it, but it's... 
it does some additional flat uh, against minions. Or it does flat instead of percent against minions, it looks like. Something like that. So, yeah. Um, okay, this, yeah. I'm, yeah, cool. just, I, know, I was curious about it, but this, so this says, yeah, like her attacks, like you were saying, uh, steal the armor and MR, and then they deal an additional, like, scaling amount with experience, uh, magic damage based on the total, like, armor and magic resist she took. That's what, right. That's what it is. But yeah. I'll be excited. Oh, I hope we see her more because, like, I feel like she's pretty good and, like, a fun champion to play that has not been played very mm -hmm. much, real. Yeah. Agreed. Um, last thing on Magic Pen, and then I'll go back to actual changes. I was looking uh, just at, like, the Magic Penetration page more on the wiki. The highest amount of Magic Pen any champion can obtain is 49%. I thought you could have gotten more than that, but I guess not. So. Um, cool. Uh, okay, items. So, Archangel Staff Quality of Life Change Tooltip now notes it being unique with other lifeline items. So, it's uh, the same as Maw, Sterix, and there's maybe one or two others that have that, but it's now unique. I mean, it was unique with them before. Shield it just both. wasn't saying it, but now it is. So, um, oh yeah, Shieldbow, thank you. Yep. So, uh, okay, should we... Uh, I mean, should we go item by item here? What do you want to do? do you yeah, want to do I can. Item item I mean, some I of these. Run through yeah, them all? Okay. some of these we talked a little bit about last week, but yeah, we can go. I'd say we go item by item because. Uh, okay. So I guess. Cool. Black so Cleaver. Go, yeah, go ahead yeah, and take so Black Cleaver. The right. health is getting increased from 350 to 400, and the AD is increased from 45 to 50. I think this is an interesting change. I think, like, as an item, I like Black Cleaver. Like, and I think it has skillful. Uh, like expression and its use with like the passive uh and i think it has like you know specific circumstances where it's good and especially in this meta where armor uh is pretty good tanks are pretty good uh i think this is like gonna be a good item and then i guess as far as like champions specifically who would be like really benefiting from this like what like jumps out to me yeah uh immediately is Wukong. I think this is going to be like, just Urgot, yeah, Urgot. Urgot Wukong are both going to like, love this change. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, it'll be an item to watch for sure. Like, and for the people who already, it's good on, I mean, it's going to be really nice for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you summed it up great. And, um, this is going to make it even more efficient. Black Cleaver's base stats before were 107% gold efficient. So now it's going to be even more so with those changes. And then we talked about this a little bit last week, but as far as Bork, they're changing the proc cooldown is increased from 20 to 30 seconds. And then the proc damage is decreased from 4 to 150 scaling to 440 to 103. Um, so they're just toning Bork back a little bit. I mean, it's been very strong for it. a very long time, so that's much needed. Aurelian nerf. Yep. yep. Aurelian nerf's incoming. <laughs> nerf Aurelia, please. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's needed. It. I, like we said, we talked about it a bit last week, and I think it's 
obviously like you know on a champion such as Aurelia or something is still gonna they're gonna buy it but it's just less attractive for those that don't really want to get it and it's it's situational it's supposed to be situational, yeah it won't be so a first bot first good. like rush item on like a ton of characters anymore hopefully no hopefully not yep uh okay bloodthirster we talked about this last time as well um any additional thoughts from what we said last week or no no, I think it'll. I'm just excited to give it a whirl. Honestly, like I think it'll be really good on uh, some people. Like I mean, Samir, like I mentioned, misfortune. Yeah, misfortune will be really fun with the overheal thing. Um, yeah, kind of the stuff we were touching on last week. I mean, I think it'll be just fun to try. So definitely cool. be looking at it for that. Yep, and if you want to know exactly what we're talking about and hear it in more detail, you can go listen to the previous episode of this podcast. So go check that out. Uh, Bramble Vest, slight, so they're changing all Grievous Wounds things, I guess we should say up front. They're, making, they're improving the actual heal cut of Grievous Wounds, but we'll go when we hit them, we'll talk about each of the items. But Bramble Vest, the damage it reflects is also going up from 4 to 6 per auto. Um, and then the passive Grievous Wounds is going up from 25 to 40%, which is huge! Because before, you could get Bramble Vests and someone, you could basically kind of ignore it. And that was the case with most Tier 1 uh, Grievous Wounds. Now, this actually makes more of a difference. Like, yes, you're only getting a 15% heal reduction, and that's not a huge amount, but this adds up, and the more empowered versions will also add up even more. Yeah, and I guess to like that point, too, it just like, I love this change because it felt like a really bad, I don't know, to build Grievous Wounds before. Like, I don't know. I, like, I feel like the point of building the item, right, is the Grievous Wounds. And it just, like, it just didn't feel worth to buy unless you could just fully build the, like, it was much needed, eh? And, like, you provided you could just, like, fully build it, you know? Like, the components all felt very lackluster in terms of, like, playing against healing champions it didn't feel good to play against even when you rush the item against them you know what i mean yeah and there were some of them that felt better than others because they could be more easily applied but bramble vest doesn't do anything unless the target's actively auto attacking specifically you they have to auto you in order for this to actually take any effect so this felt the worst of them all of like the tier one all of them relative to the others like oblivion orb Yes, it w didn't feel great, but you could still apply that pretty easily depending on your champion a lot of the time. It's not a big deal. You have agency to apply that. With Bramblevest and Thornmill, you do not have agency at all about, except if you're Ramus or Galio, I guess, but um, you don't have agency to do that. And so this is a really nice change for Bramblevest. Sure. Yeah. And I think it'll feel really, like, much improved in terms of, like, rushing the item in lane. Like, for example, top lane against, like, a character like Fiora or something like that. Um, I think it'll just feel a lot better to, to build. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Same. Uh, next one, Kenpunk Chainsword. The passive Grievous Wounds applied on physical damage is increased from 25 to 40%. No longer applies a further 40% while below 50% health. So, um, it's, I mean, it's overall better at all points. Uh, that's the only other change. It's got no changes to any other stats or gold or anything like that. It's better at all points, but when they're lower health, it's going to actually... They're going to get more... Grievous Wounds is less effective against them when they're below 50% health now, because instead of it being 65%, it's not going to be 40 all the time. But I think most everyone would take that because you're getting a more effective heal all the time. Yeah, I guess the other thing, too, like uh, 
and like we'll talk about this a little bit as we talk about some of these other items, like these last few components, is like they've just made the passive, like the pa applying the passive specifically on like the AD items like felt weird. Like they were just so, they're just weirdly conditional, if that makes sense. Like it was like, you know, you get the 15, whatever it was for Mortal Reminder, it was like you had to hit them three times to get like the max amount or you have to, with Kim Punk Chainsword, they had to be below 50% HP to get the full uh, benefit of it. You know what I mean? Like that's just like so niche and feels like really bad to like, to do like you know it's already the item already felt not so great to build and then it was already like hard to proc as it was so i think making it like having the ability to apply it in a more simple and consistent way i think is very good agreed 100 percent with all of what you're saying so um yeah i mean the next one is well another uh another grievous wounds item so chemtech future fire the support one the recipe was oblivion orb and forbidden idol uh or it's changed to that it was previously oblivion orb and bandle glass mirror the combined cost is down from 500 to 375 so just reflecting the actual uh cost of the, i don't think the the total cost on the item has not changed to my knowledge here um passive grievous wounds on any damage increased from 25 percent to 40 percent and it but it no longer deals a 40 percent grievous wounds on next damage via heals and shields so um you're not be able you're not able to empower allies with additional grievous wounds you're still going to give them the normal grievous wounds but not additional grievous wounds on heals and shields um ability haste reduced from 20 to 15 the AP reduced from 60 to 40, but it now grants 8% healed and shield power. That sounds... I mean, all this I seems this fine to great. me. You're losing 5 ability haste. That's fine, whatever. You're losing a little bit of AP. 20 AP doesn't really do a difference at all, especially on supports who are not building a shitload of AP anyways. This is great. They will take the heal and shield power every I day. I think this week. is like, like you were saying. Uh, I mean, I agree with everything you said, and I think this is like an... In like just a great change to a great way to change this item because i mean the build path is going to be probably better and then also like you were saying i mean i just think from a support standpoint and applying grievous wound standpoint like this item is going to make so much more sense to build so now it won't be like hey i'm the support i'm gonna i'm a lulu and i just built chemtech putrefire and then i'm you know, shielding my Varus, and he's not hitting anybody, so we're not getting any grievous wounds to like. Now the support yeah. can like do some damage, just do some da any amount of damage, you know, to proc the grievous wounds. It just like incorporates more skillful play, which like I'm always in favor of, and like more like thought, like in terms of like the the fights and stuff like that. Um, so overall, and then also like. I mean, this is, like, kind of, this is just my opinion, but, like, I feel like just as of late, items in general have, like, they kind of just have a lot of access to ability haste, um, which... There's too much Yeah, like, there's, like, just a lot. In like, in the game. 20 ability haste is a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like, uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I was, I think toning down the ability haste a little bit makes, like, that makes sense. And then... Also, the same with the AP, turning down the AP on the item, but also, but compensating it with the 8% healing shielding. So, like, compensating it in a way that is useful for a support and is meaningful for a support. 
So, like, the passive now, like, with these changes, is super good. Like, the support has control over the application of the Grievous Wounds, which I think is good. Like, if you're building the item, like, it feels, it would, like I was kind of saying earlier, like, in that example, like, it just feels so bad to spend so much money on that item, and then, like, you just E someone, and they just don't go in at the right time, and, like, you just literally lose all benefit from the item, like, whatsoever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, I, and then it'll just be like more straightforward to do. Like it won't like even for like a newer player who doesn't even understand how grievous wins work, they'll still be able to do it because all they do is hit the enemy player, do da like do any instance of damage. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So. Um, yep. All right. Uh, do you want to take death dance for us? Actually, let's finish the. Let's just finish all the the healing reduction okay. items. So I guess we'll just go through those since we're already yeah, in that vein. I'll just Go read through it. them and we can talk about them collectively. Executioner's Calling. Passive Grievous Wounds on physical damage increase from 25 to 40 in line with the other ones. AD reduced from 20 to 15 in compensation. No other changes to it gold-wise or anything like that. Um, uh, not LDR. Morello. Decently big change. The recipe was uh, Oblivion Orb, Blasting Water, Ruby Crystal. Now it is Oblivion Orb, Hextech Alternator, which is... Um, a ruby crystal and an amp tome put together and then an additional amp tome now um, the cost was increased by 500 to 3000 from 20 from 250 the combined cost increased a little bit as well to make up for some of that the passive now applies 40% grievous wounds on all magic damage and it changed some of the conditionality of what it used to have health reduced by 100 but it also now grants 10 magic pen um, and then Oblivion Orb itself is going from 25 to 40%, but you're get your in compensation, you're losing 10 AP. Uh, and then also Mortal Reminder here, recipe change from uh, or it, from Executioner's Calling on a Zeal to Executioner's Calling Last Whisper and Cloak of Agility. The combined cost decreased from 750 to 150. Total cost increased from 2600 to 3000. It no longer grants seven percent attack or seven percent move speed is what they mean here. It, it just says speed on our thing here. Uh, no longer grants twenty percent attack speed. Now grants thirty percent armor pen is now unique with other last whisper items. So it's a last whisper item. It's not a, an attack speed anything. Um, and then the passive now grants forty percent grievous wounds overall, as opposed to the conditionality that we talked about above. And then the last one is thorn mail. The armor is up by 10. The reflect damage is up from 20% to 25%. And then the passive now applies 40% uh, on being hit as opposed to conditionality with uh, immobilization and such. So, okay. Uh, we ran through all of those. What are the big takeaways you think from these? The rest yeah, of the so like, I don't know. I absolutely love the change to Mortal Reminder. I think that in a lot of circumstances... Uh, like a lot of the characters I played, like especially like ADCs, uh, like there were circumstances. Uh, the reason I love this uh, like change so much is because there would be circumstances. I feel like a lot of times because of how prevalent healing is that. I mean, there would be a lot of games where you would want to build both more reminder and uh, last whisper because you needed. I mean, both were required: the healing reduction and the armor pin. But it was just, like, absurdly expensive, and it was just pro cost prohibitive, and then also, like, the stats previously, not LDR, but I'm speaking to just the healing reduction and AD items, um, more to reminder specifically, like, 
the crit grievous wounds item felt terrible to build like you never really like i don't know i just hated building it pretty much no matter what even if they had healing like it just felt better to just be able to do more damage like just try to like burst them essentially when they're like so they when they can't heal you know i feel like was more effective than strat than getting grievous wounds which I don't know, this is just overall a great change, because I feel like it just opens up more counterplay to healing. Uh, like, all those items will feel better. And also having, like, this build path, and I think, like, the, like, uh, compensate, like, compensatory, like, uh, like, buffs to the items. So, for example, like, the cost is, like, 400 more, so it's 26 to 3k now. But it no longer gives you move speed. It no longer gives you attack speed, but it kind of gives you the ability to dip into both Armor Pen and Grievous Wounds as a crit champion without, like, spending a just absolute, like, basically cost-prohibitive amount of gold unless you're, like, absolutely rolling in cash. Yeah, um, and something else of note. Uh, specifically with War Mortal Reminder, their new build path is, uh, since it has Last Whisper and a Cloak, and then you also need an Executioner's Calling to get it, if you get the Last Whisper and Cloak, you can just, let's say you need an immediate power spike now and you didn't have the Executioner's Calling, you could turn that into LDR instead. You don't have to keep that for Mortal Reminder because the build path works within right. itself. Or you can turn, I mean, you could go... Uh, the other, what am I thinking of? Uh, Cyrilda's Grudge, if you wanted to, and then spin off those other bits into different things. Like, these are just, these build paths are more interchangeable, and that's always been a highlight of ADC uh, itemization. And, it, I mean, also with Mortal Reminder, now that it no longer has attack speed, it's attractive for users that don't like to build attack speed, such as Felios doesn't build all that much attack speed. AD Misfortune does not build a bunch of attack speed. You can get this on... Uh, I mean, anyone that's going to be doing crit damage and AD damage, but doesn't need attack speed at all. This yeah, is who has, like, their them. own, like, attack speed steroid in addition to, like, a Lulu or something. Yeah. Jinx yeah, is a exactly. perfect example that's going to love this. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, and also, I mean, I feel like maybe this is definitely an item to consider for Rengar, even. Like, I mean, last week, yeah. like, and also the like you're saying like the build path like just making last whisper have be a component in more items I think is good because like you were saying sometimes it felt bad and then be like as an AD carry specifically it would be like an awkward amount of gold to uh to get to like LDR so like so I guess by that I mean like mortal reminder in my opinion, will feel like really good to build in this new iteration because Executioner's already feels pretty good to like, it doesn't feel terrible to build. And then it got a nerf to the AD, no. which I feel like is fair for how much Grievous Wounds you get. So like, I'm, a, I'm totally okay with that. I think that's a great way to change that. And uh, I think they kind of just basically carried that over to Mortal Reminder in terms of like taking out the, the um, move speed and then the attack speed. But like, like like misfortune would look like I don't, like I feel like misfortune would probably like this as well. Like I'm definitely excited to try it, and I like the direction that they're going in terms of balancing the items like this. So definitely a big positive, I think, and great job with this. Yeah.
A, another one that I think would love this is now Senna is going to like this one a lot more because she wouldn't get, I mean, you could get more reminder, but it would feel awkward as fuck, I would think. But now I don't, I've never seen a Senna build a mortal reminder, actually the old one, but now this one's going to feel great for her. It might be in her core build path generally now too. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think just it, the item in across the board will feel way better. And I think also yeah. like making a, um, I don't know, like, it just seems like it'll be, like, an even more niche armor pen, I guess, in terms of, like, crit, because it's, like, if you need Grievous Wounds, but a little bit of armor pen, you just go more Reminder. If you need a ton armor pen, but they don't have a lot of healing, you just go more Reminder. Like, that choice seems more, uh, like, it makes a lot more sense, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's just... I mean, obviously, you're going to go Mortal Reminder still, even if they have the really high health people, if you need to get it, and you're the best applier of Grievous Wounds on your team. But now, if your team doesn't have a... Or if you are the best applier of Grievous Wounds, this makes sense to get as opposed to before. Like you're saying, it felt bad to get. Even if you're playing an Ash, a, uh, a Kogma, a Ver, something, those characters wouldn't necessarily want those. They apply Grievous Wounds very well across the whole team. Jinx does as well. Um... But if your team didn't have any other way to do it, you would build it because, well, you might build it, or you don't, and you don't have Grievous Wounds because other people can't do it if we're talking about, like, lots of single damage champions. Like, a Jace doesn't apply it very well, a Syndra doesn't apply it very well, those sorts of things. So it's it's just overall good. And then, I mean, the same sort of things they did to Moral Reminder, Morello's got two, and I'm totally great with this. Like, I play, I don't really play a lot of characters that would build this version of Moral Reminder or the last one. I just don't. That's not in my wheelhouse. But I build Morello's all the time. When I'm playing AP Shaco, I build that, like, every game because he applies it so easily with those boxes and the E and then the R boxes as well. It's it's fantastic. Yes, this will cost a little more, um, but it's got a better build path to dip into different things if you want. Uh, and you're losing 100 health, which is good because too many things give health just like they give ability haste. Totally fine with this. And now it gives some magic pen as well. It gives you more reward for building it as opposed to it felt awful to have before as an item. But now you're actually getting more of what it's worth. I still think it needs a little bit more for the cost to be justified at 3000 This right now feels like a 2750 a 2800 gold item to me. But... Uh, Maybe if it was 10% magic pen, I'd be cool with the 3,000. But it does feel a little lackluster for 3,000 to me. How much is the? How much AD does it give you? Like, would it give you in this iteration? AP. Or no, I meant for um, Mortal Reminder. It, how much AD? Like in the new. Oh, version? Mortal Reminder. Mortal Reminder. They're not changing the AD value. So if I look at what it has right now, uh, 35 AD. It's yeah, that that seems kind of low to me. Also. Yeah, and Morello's 3K, is giving, yeah. I want to say, like 40. Oh, it's actually, it's 90 AP. So it gives oh a lot gosh, of AP. Yeah. Um, but you're losing, you're losing some health. But still, it doesn't feel, it feels like it needs a little bit more to push this to a 3,000 gold. Item. Yeah, and like, this is like similar, like you were saying, this is just like the mortal reminder because it gives you dips into, gives you a little bit of pen, but also gives you the grievous wounds because there's a lot of circumstances where I feel like both are needed against like a, like, to really feel like good against some characters, like building this item. Or just anyone using Jack yeah, Show right true. now, so like half the characters in the <laughs> yeah, fucking true. game. Yeah. Okay, um,.
we got a few more items to go through, and then a little bit of systems yeah, changes. Yeah, I guess I'll so, talk about Death Stance, because uh, that's a... Oh, right, yes. Um, let me just hit the other ones that don't need to be talked about here. Seraph's Embrace now says that it's a lifeline. Um, we talked about Navori Quicklades last episode, so you can go check that out. Uh, we talked about Ravenous Hydra last time as well, <laughs> I believe. Um, yeah, we did. We talked about Ravenous Hydra last time as well, but if you're familiar, if you want to know, it's uh, ability haste increase from 20 to 25. It no longer grants 10% Omni Vamp, instead 10% Life Steal, which is on hit. It is not physical vamp, it's on hit healing. And then in-game tooltip will now note that the cleave, the AoE, benefits from Life Steal. We talked about that all before. Um, and then, yeah, Death Dance is... we. Oh, sorry, IE, we talked about before, just like Navori Quick Blades changed from uh, the crit change crit chance requirement from 60% to 40%. Um, uh, yeah, we have Death Dance, we have Essence Reaver changed, which that wasn't in, I don't believe, from last time. But okay, anyways, go ahead and talk about Death Dance. Yeah, so let's see, yeah, Death Dance... So the first thing they're doing is they're changing the uh, the recipe. Is previously it was a pickaxe chain vest and a warhammer, and they're changing it to a pickaxe chain vest and then another pickaxe. So I think that's pretty interesting. But and then the combined cost increase from five twenty five to seven fifty. And then this is the huge thing with it is that the. Uh, and I think this is part of like what made the item insane, like, and as good as it's been for a while, especially on certain characters, is the uh, takedown healing is reduced from 120% of your bonus AD to 50% of your bonus AD, so like less than half of what it was. So that is a huge change for uh, for like just anyone who like loves using this dance. Um, and then also it no longer grants 15 ability haste and the armor is increased from 45 to 50 and then the AD is increased from 55 to 65 I mean this item has been like very good for a very long time uh I mean I did like I mean this obviously like when I would occasionally do I mean this item was insane on Rengar for sure like because he would just get an absurd amount of healing from your uh, bonus AD. And the scaling on it was 120%. So, like, your healing on... Death Dance was even, like, really good on Rengar. Even if he went, like, full crit. And then you would just, like, if you're just rolling in cash, you just go Death Dance last. And then you just, like, one-tap people and just get so much healing from the uh, takedown passive... Uh, and especially because you can, like, stall as Rengar a good bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good change overall. Like, I mean, they really nerfed that healing a ton. So, I feel like that'll, that'll take care lot, of that. Because, yeah. I mean, it was strong. But, like, yeah, I mean, this might be a little too much. But we'll have to see. But, yeah. I mean, they gave it a little bit of buffs as well. Like, the... AD and then the armor, but they took away the ability haste, which I like the direction of that. Like, I just feel like there shouldn't be, like, every item shouldn't have ability haste associated with it for just, like, I don't know. Like, why why does that no, item, I ever, mean, why did it ever have ability haste, you know? It was never an ability haste item. I agree with you. It's, it's, um, 
I was talking with uh, my cousin the other day about how basically, you know, every item has, you know, most items have ability haste, which is kind of absurd because back in the day, like when, uh, I mean, I guess we're talking, you know, years ago with League, in the earlier days, or even as time went on, up until this item revamp, really, um, not a lot of items had ability haste or cooldown reduction at the time. You needed to specifically be giving up other stats in compensation for getting ability haste, which is not something you have to do anymore. It's just everyone can use their abilities much more commonly, and I get that that makes it more action-packed and more fun, but what's the trade-off there? They're still getting the same amount of stats and the passives on the items and such. There should be items that have less stats and have a shitload of ability haste, as they're, or you're getting ability haste is what you're primarily going into. There's no trade-off for ability haste right now, and I do think that needs to change, and that probably... I don't know if it will, honestly. There's other mechanics that they're going to try and fix first, probably, and this just isn't something that I even hear getting brought up all that much. But I agree with you. This is a good change for Death Dance. The build path feels bad to build now. It's supposed to feel... I mean, it, it's this is an item that you're not going to feel great building it, but once you get it, you're getting a lot of the benefit. The main thing is you don't get you can't get bursted with it anymore. And so they're giving it all this other they're giving it some of the compensatory buffs, getting rid of the healing, which I don't think the healing should exist at all, to be clear. I think it should be completely gone. Yes, if a takedown a takedown could get rid of the um, the remaining dot that's gonna hit you. Totally cool with that. Get rid of this healing. It does not need to happen at all. Yeah, and I think also like to that point, like by taking out like uh, stuff like that, it just makes like healing in general easier to balance, like because you don't have to consider all the stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Because they all, and also yeah. like you're saying in terms of ability haste, like I totally agree. Like, I mean, it, like, like you were for the first point you made is like it should be where like you're, it's like a trade off, right? Like you're dipping into ability haste and then like, you know you're doing that and taking a hit to damage or AP, you know? Um, yeah, I just feel in general that there's too much access to, like, just ability haste, and I think that, like, the reason that can be problematic is because ability haste is, like, just better on some champions than others. Like, it's just, you know? Like, there's some characters that benefit from mm -hmm. the ease of ability haste than others. Like, and... You know, especially when their large, like, component of their damage is their spells. You know, like, being able to spam your spells is obviously, like, a huge, you know? Like, I don't know, I think that, um, yeah, I just think that that's something they should just look more into. Like, like you were saying, like, because as is, there, it just seems like everything just gives you like randomly gives you ability haste for like really no reason when it's like I feel like a like ability haste should be like a thing that you're dipping into for a niche reason or for like a niche character because that's part of their kit you know yeah full build anyone is getting about 30% CDR compatibility or comparability which is just not necessary for like most champions don't need much or some a lot of champions don't need any you don't need any ability haste on Aphelios you don't you don't need any on him at all. You don't need any on Master Yi. You don't need any on Udir. Like, 
uh, I mean, we could keep we could go on forever. There's like 150, 160 champions in this game. There are so many that you don't need any ability haste for, and they function just as well as if you were to give them 30% CDR. That doesn't change how you play Master Yi. It doesn't change anything about Udyr. He has fixed cooldowns on his. Same with like Nidalee. It doesn't change any of this shit. So, um, I don't, I, think, I don't know. Like I, I'm glad they're taking yeah, it out. Yeah, I think, and I guess to that your that point, like too, like I think a good way to do it would be to like take the ability haste component out of like some of those items and then maybe tie it to like the mythic passive component you know so then it's like mm -hmm. like i don't know i just have a problem with like so many items in general it just feels like just give you straight up 20 ability haste for no reason and like that's that's just too much ability haste in my opinion because like that's lucidity's boot like lucidity boots worth of ability haste just in that item when it's not like that's not the reason you're building the item you know and that's like no it's not i don't know I, like i guess for example like zanya's is always giving you ability ace right for like it has i guess for a while but like i don't know part of the reason you build zanya's is like so you get the stopwatch passive and then like inherently because of that you're getting stalling cooldowns you know so like you're getting ability haste, and you have the ability to stall cooldowns with an active. Seems like a little insane to me. And then, like you were saying, like everything just gives you ability haste. Like death dance. Why did that give ability haste? You know, why did uh? I think doesn't uh Kemp the chainsword gives you ability haste too. It does, yeah. And that that's one not doesn't seem yeah, that's that not bad as bad to me. But like, yeah, I don't know. And it just like. It should be a kind of niche thing, like you were saying. Like, there should be a trade-off, and it shouldn't be, like... Like, it's a very impactful stat, and its value should be, I guess, higher, in my opinion. Agreed. Yep. Um, so let's get to an item that they are giving ability haste to, which kind of makes sense. Uh, Eclipse here. So they're changing the recipe. It used to be Serrated Dirk, Longsword, and Vampiric Scepter. It is now a Serrated Dirk and a Caulfield's Warhammer. Combined cost increased from 750 to 900. Uh, no change in total gold cost, by the way. Melee proc cooldown re reduced from 8 to 6 seconds, and then range proc cooldown reduced from 16 to 12 seconds. It no longer grants any Omni Vamp. That's gone. But it now gives 15 ability haste. Um, I mean, what do you I think, think about this, John? Like, overall, I like this change. And also, I think it'll still be, like, I guess, like, in my head, like, the characters I build this on a lot are, like, Rengar. I mean, it'll still be good on Rengar. And it also, especially, like... So one thing that'll be nice, I guess, in, when, like, I'm playing Rengar, is you get to think about, like, building Duskblade versus Eclipse if you're going Lethality. Um, and, like, I guess part of the trade-off there is, like, Duskblade gives you a lot of access to Ability Haste, and Eclipse didn't, but... Yeah, the trade-off was that you get Omnivamp, but now you get Ability Haste with Eclipse, which is really nice. Ability Haste is just a really good stat on Ringar, so. Yeah, this, uh, I agree that overall yeah. I like this change. Yeah, and, and basically every other Assassin item gives Ability Haste, so you didn't care as much with this item not giving it. Since you're building assassin items, I mean the the poster boy, the poster characters for this, I guess Rengar is one. Jace, this is a Jace yeah. item, a hundred percent. This is an Aatrox item. Sometimes this is a, I mean plug and play your assassin or bruiser 
cosplaying as an assassin. You can build this on any bruiser that you want to be an assassin with. I mean, Vi builds this all the time. Yeah. Zin Zhao, Gra uh, Graves can build this now. And um, I mean, what do you think about this for Graves? So I think, honestly, pretty good, actually, because uh, the range proc cooldown reduced from 16 to 12 seconds. So you'll be able to just proc the passive more often. Sucks a little bit. There, there's no Omnivamp, but Graves also loves Ability Haze, so that's like, you know, it's really not that terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall I think this is, like, them taking out the Omnivamp component, like, I'm totally okay with that, and I think that's actually a great idea, because then you don't have characters like Aatrox building this, you know what I mean? Like, and just getting, like, yeah. you know, just benefiting from it so much, but yeah, I, I definitely think interesting change. I'll be like, I'll be definitely giving it a whirl. The new, uh, new iteration on like all the, the champions I play. But the other, yeah, this is this is a change that I I do believe like you that it's healthy. I don't actually. I'm gonna miss the Omni Vamp because I do build this a lot on assassins. It's the easy one to build. Um, it's the no brainer one almost if you don't know which of the three you want, but. Uh, it is a healthy change, so I'm glad they're doing it. For sure. And then I guess the other item that uh, I want to mention that we haven't covered was uh, Essence Reaver. The AD is getting increased from 45 to 55, and then the uh, cost is getting increased by 100, so 28 to 2900. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that'll be... Yep. It is going to be more stat efficient before. So as of now on live servers, it was, uh, I guess, 13.1. It's 104% gold efficient. Now it's going to be probably hovering around like 108, 110 yep. gold efficiency. Great for, like, totally in addition good. to, like, the mana buffs, I think this will be great for Ezreal. I think this will be great for Lucian. I think this is going to be... Rengar loves to build this item also. So I'm definitely... Yeah, Shaka loves this item. So I'm definitely going to be building it. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a couple other items as well. There's a lot of item changes here, folks. Uh, Fimble winner getting 50 more health, 350 to 400. BFD. This doesn't change anything, I don't think. Um, and then the only other one that we have is uh, Mauve Malmortius as well. So we haven't talked about this one. So they're changing the recipe of this as well. It was Hextrinker and Caulfield's Warhammer. Now it is Hextrinker, Pickaxe, and a Longsword. So it's maybe better to build maybe not i don't think so because pickaxe is kind of painful to buy it's 875 so um yeah but combined cost down reduced to 375 down from 500 in compensation lifeline passive no longer grants 10 percent uh omnivamp and now grants 12 percent lifesteal specifically instead the ability haste has been reduced from 20 to zero so no ability haste and the ad is increased by 10 so up to 65 um what do you think? Yeah, I like the direction of this. It's like basically like we were talking about uh, in terms of ability haste. Like there, like I don't yeah. know. Like why did this item ever give you ability haste to start with? Kind of deal. But I'm glad they're changing it. So and they're giving it like some compensation in terms of like you know increase to the AD a little bit. I also like that like in general they're just changing things to lifesteal rather than omnivamp because then it's like. You know, Omnivamp, obviously, some champions benefit from that more. And then also, like, I don't know, when you do, like, it, doing lifesteal kind of just, like, makes it so you have to, 
build it on characters that auto a lot, so it makes it so you have to think about uh, applying the lifesteal. So, like, not only is, like, I feel like lifesteal getting, uh, like, there's less access to it, like, in general, and mm -hmm. so, like, using the lifesteal properly is going to be more important, I guess, and, like, it's not as oppressive having as having Omnivamp, you know? But, yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, that's, I think this is a good change overall, in my opinion. 100%. Yep. Uh, I Did think we talk about items. Board Drink or less last week? It's like uh, a small change, yeah. No, so we didn't. Board Drinker, the only changes are, um, they're changing the Mythic passive on it. And per Legendary, now gives three ability haste down from seven, so they're nerfing the ability haste. Great, like I think that's a nice change. And then now grants plus fifty health per item. So like the mythic passive before was just the uh, the ability haste, I guess. But now they're making it ability haste and health. So lowering the ability haste, but also giving you a little bit of health. Which like I feel like that that's makes sense for that item. Like that's like part of the reason you build that item. Like you get the ability haste, and you're getting a little bit of life steal, and you're like you know staying in the fight and healing a little bit. And it also has, like, skillful use yeah. in terms of, like, you're getting more healing if you're hitting more characters. Like, it's not nearly as oppressive as it used to be. Like, not even close. No, but I will say I don't love this here just because... Okay, so I do like giving it 50 health per item. Totally cool. And I'm okay if they want to change it this way. But realistically, what I think it should do is... Get rid of the ability haste. You completely scrap the mythic passive. This mythic passive should be the same as Moonstone is. With each item you have, your thirsting slash is more effective. That's what it should be, I think. That's the active of when you use the Gore Drinker proc. It should heal you for more based on how many legendaries you have and make it more effective. That's what I think. Would that not be like this. insane on Lee Sin? Uh, it would be better, but think about like it's make it weaker gotcha. you don't just have items. like more so they scaling nerf yeah. it but so it's yeah give it more scaling just because you know moonstone does the same thing with it increases i think it's called starlet grace yeah mythic passive grant all other legendary items and increases starlet grace's heal so it's not amazing with one item but once you get more and more items the healing becomes over it becomes a lot stronger and if you do this with gore drinker it's the same idea like late game gore drinker doesn't do all that much unless you're around like four people if you're in in the middle of four yeah okay you can heal a whole lot but it doesn't do very much uh but once you have a whole bunch of other items you could make the healing that much stronger i don't know this is where i think they should go with it i'm not i don't hate this change but i think they're going the wrong direction with gore drinker gotcha. that's my thought yeah i mean i i can definitely see that i guess the one thing like, I'm pretty against, like, just giving random stuff ability haste, but, like, I feel like, to me, I'm really okay with this, because, like, three ability haste per extra legendary you have, like, three ability haste is not very much. And also, I feel like the reason, like, when I think of people who build Gore Drinker, I'm thinking people who are trying to build it to sustain, and who have, like, people who are, like, spamming their abilities, you know, and sustaining in a fight, like, fighter kind of bruisery people. Which, like, makes sense for that item, yeah. right? Like, I feel like that makes sense. So it's, like, keeping that identity without, like, making it too oppressive. Because seven is a lot. Because, like, seven, you're three items, and you're, like, you get as much as Lucidity Boots. Like, that's insane. You know? But, yeah. Yeah. 
because it also gives 20 it gives 20 ability haste on the item itself too right yeah which is insane but yeah i mean i definitely i yeah. i see what you're saying though i it is pretty pretty strong and like that item has been pretty uh there have been some iterations of it that have been pretty insane like when it was like really good on Lee Sin yeah. and all that time and Olaf yeah Olaf, when it was first released oh my first god Olaf. um yeah it was wild days times sure. the wild so, west back okay, then uh, when you could gore drinker and have Yumi on you <laughs> with Olaf and heal from 1% to like full health and you could overheal yourself yeah that was oh my, my like uh, I mean this was so gross and I mean I'm everyone hates this but like the, I feel like the epitome of that when I think of it is like Red Kane and his prime when Gore Drinker was like busted with Yumi with Aww, a Yumi on you. I loved just, that. You're one HP. You just are someone. You get back to like three fourths HP. You Gore Drinker and the Yumi heals you and you're like full HP. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still not too far off though for what uh for what. Yeah, Red that Kane fantasy is right not uh it's not dead are. by any means. It is dead on Olaf. Yeah, on Olaf, but, but it not, is not not Red Kane. Red Kane, that's so, that's a really fun combo still. It is, yeah. Um, so that's it for items. We have a couple more things. We obviously talked about the skins, but uh, overheal we talked about last time. So go listen to that. But basically, here's the numbers again: base shield increased two hundred, uh, or ba increased for, to twenty to three hundred, as opposed to being based on. Uh, a little bit plus a percent of your max health um shield no longer scales yeah no longer scales nine percent max health so they're also changing uh i guess also before we talk there's a little bit of dragon stuff but um the moss stomper tooltip has been fixed uh, after 15 minutes now, the a 4 to 1 surrender vote will pass and you can surrender. And then a new casual surrender rules enable for normal lobbies. I don't know what that means, but after 15 minutes, you can surrender 4 to 1, which that used to be at 20 minutes, but now they're implementing it at 15. Uh, I'm thinking a lot more of my games will, if we want to surrender, will actually go through because now one person can't hold it up for another five minutes. And what, so they're doing that in blind and draft, right? And testing it, right? I think oh, this okay. is everything. I'm thinking it's everything. At 15 minutes, there's a, a separate casual surrender for normal lobbies, which would be in blind and drafted. I don't know what that means, but when they release the official patch notes with all the descriptions and everything, I'm sure they'll explain what that is. Yep. Um, and then two changes to Drake's. So low health damage reduction. So on the Chemtech Drake specifically, uh, Low health damage reduction increased from 10 to 11%. Low health damage AP increased from 10 to 11%. The tenacity per Chemtech stack with when you have the soul uh, or Chemtech Blight, that is... Uh, what so is that's Chemtech like the... Blight? So whenever you, like, part of it with each drag was you get healed and heal and shield power per stack. So now it's going from 5 to 6%. And then also with each one, you got tenacity, which is being increased per drag from 5 to 6%. So with each Chemtech drag currently, you get 5% healing shield power and 5% tenacity. And it's both being increased from 5 to 6%. And then the Dragon Soul is being buffed as well. So 
now oh, the soul so yeah, yeah it's okay. both each individual drag is now better and then the soul is also better and in terms of the soul it's um you get the low health damage reduction is increased from 10 to 11 percent. so i think it's it pops in when you're below i want to say like 50 or yeah it's a like third yeah i want to say maybe. maybe it's a third uh you get damage reduction which is insane and then you also when at that same um like health threshold your uh damage is increased daily like you're doing is 10 to 11 percent so it's like a mini uh it's like a last stand essentially type thing Yeah, I'm looking to see... Okay, Chemtech Drake. Yeah, uh, just to see. It's... Um, yeah, like what the threshold is, you mean? Yeah, gotcha. I'm trying to find the threshold. Sorry. Yep. Um, I want to say it's like either 40% of like your health or it's like a third. I can't remember which... Okay, Chemtech Dragon Soul here. Um, while below fifty max, while That's below insane. half, you get That's the full amount. That's actually insane. I thought it scaled from like two thirds so to I. one like, third. That actually seems okay. really good. So like Chemtech, in my eyes, I feel like Chemtech drapes are like super good now, especially for like shield. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you have a shielding comp kind of, and they have a lot of CC, like these drags are insane. Yeah, they are. Yep. Um, and that is it. So well, I guess the one yeah. thing I don't I can't uh, remember if we touched on this. Did we talk about the Yumi at all? No, did they say no, what they they're didn't gonna say, change? But like I guess we know it's gonna be a nerf of some sort, right? But sure. Yeah. And then uh, I guess So what do you what what would you hmm. nerf then? Since we don't know what they're gonna do, we're putting okay. you on the balance team, John. Huh. What are you I gonna mean, nerf? They did I will say, like, I'm, like, as much as I do get frustrated playing against this champion, like, she has kind of been, like, gutted pretty hard, I will say. Like, uh, I don't know, hmm, because they just nerfed her Q, correct? And then before that, they've, yes, they like, did. several times they've nerfed her heal on her E. I, and then I guess, didn't they do something with her ult? Yeah, they did. They also in, they in, they increased the they, they increased the cooldown and decreased the max root duration. So like, too. I feel like her ult should not do. It should do less damage. Also, like, cause I I don't uh, know. Flat or AP ratio? Which one are you changing? AP ratio. Or uh, I gotta look up the number the numbers. Yeah, I guess I, here. I need to do the same because I don't know. It it kind of depends. Like, I felt like her before her AP ratios were just like really good. Like that's part of the reason her Q was insane. Uh. So yeah, it's like the R right now. It 20%. does sick per wave. Yeah, twenty percent AP and sixty to eighty damage based on I feel ability like that's level. That's pretty fair, honestly. That seems pretty. That fair. seems fine to me as well. Uh, maybe. I think, in my opinion, if they would change anything, and I think it would be maybe the attack speed on the E. That seems a little strong sure. to me. Like, straight out of the gate, base, you know, level, like, level one in your E, you're giving someone 25% attack speed on top of her, um, 
like her W passive, like the adaptive force she get. Like, I don't know. I think the A, I would change the amount that like of the uh, like adaptive force that like she gives. Like I, sure. I like it's just a lot. I don't know. You know, I don't know how it's else to a say lot. It. Like it's just you like for existing. You just give them twelve like flat adaptive force at level one. <laughs> you know, like and you don't have to put a like, like you can do it at level one. You know, uh, without taking yeah. any like uh, like and by that I mean like, you can still jump on someone at level one if you level up your E. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to put points mm-hmm. into it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I would say the attack speed and then that is what I would change. Because uh, just make the W and E in terms of the attack speed feel a little more scaling. Because like, that seemed, in my eyes, like that's what that character is. Like She should be very weak in lane. She, like, uh, you know, she should not have a good laning phase at all. Like Her Q should not do damage. And then... I don't know, just, like, make it some more, more so interesting, I guess. Make it more interesting to and more skillful expression of applying the bonus AD, adaptive force that she gives, you know? That's what I want. Sure. So, okay, I get that. So here's my thoughts. I'd do a few things. For one, I would... She would probably need some compensation buffs for what I'm thinking. She should pop, she'd be forced to pop off her host if the host is suppressed, number one. Um, she is if Mordekaiser ults, but if we're talking about a Mal's ult or something else, she should be forced to hop off, like, and then that, you know, the cooldown on hopping off. That should be number one, that happens. Um, number two, she should be, or maybe a stun as well. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but maybe a stun. Number two, uh, I think that she the what would be a good buff would be to increase the root duration for every wave that's hit uh, of the R. That would be good. But I would say the Q should actually return some damage to her. So uh, she because you know there's a playstyle where you sit on someone and you use Luden's Luden's Tempest and you're just throwing Qs and you know they can't attack you because as long as your host stays safe you're fine. So maybe like 5% of the damage gets returned to Yumi as true damage. Um, or maybe it's more like maybe 15 or so, but with each level of Q that decreases the amount of damage that's returned to you. So there's a drawback to doing that. And then additionally, I don't know if this is the case or not, but while Yumi is on the host, make it she can she does not regen any health. So if she wants to, you know, throw Qs and do stuff on the, her host. Great, go ahead. But you're gonna have to hop off to regen health passively, or heal yourself with E. Otherwise, you're gonna kill yourself, or you're not gonna be able to use Q. It might stop you, just like uh, Mundo can't throw a Q if he has less than the health requirement, or Vlad can't. Actually, Vlad's are all percent health. But characters that have uh, flat health costs, they can't use their ability if they don't have the health for it. So that should be the cost of that. That's what I would change for Yumi. She might need some compensation buffs to make the Q do more damage or to uh, make... I would honestly like just buff the R. That's the safest way to do it. Um, but uh, that's those are the changes I would make. Now, if we're not going to do any of those things, the adaptive force is too high. I agree with you. And I would change uh, the move speed, actually, with Zoomies, not the attack speed. Because the move speed is 
it works for everybody. Attack speed. A lot of characters don't attack fast. They don't care about attack speed, so it yeah. doesn't affect everyone. You want it to be. An, you, I want to be an equal opportunity you know nerfer you know here you've, for you. Me. You've honestly <laughs> changed my mind on the spot. I I think that's actually better because it also like takes. I mean, not care of, but like makes things like Hecarim Yumi less oppressive for like literally no reason. Like, you know, like insanely yeah. oppressive. Like that combo is absurd. Um. Yeah, so I think that would be a good change because move speed also is like such a good stat, you know. Like, I don't know. Also, the move speed is like the more, or like the less skillful. Like, I don't know. Like anybody can just push E and gives like it's apparent that it gives you like a lot of move speed. You know what I mean? And like I feel like that should not be the yeah. one of the main components of the ability. It should be the attack speed and the heal. Yeah, it's tw it's. It's 20% move speed, flat, plus an additional 2% per 100 AP. If you want to do something else, remove the AP ratio on the move speed then, and just be yeah, 20% Yeah, it would be like Lulu. Time. Or make the move speed... Yeah, make the move speed scale with ability level. Maybe it goes 0 to 25 then, or something like that. Make it so that level 1, it doesn't do any move speed, and then you get more as it goes on or something. I don't know, like, it's there's ways to introduce counterplay, like more counterplay, because that's why people hate Yumi. They all hate it because there's no counterplay. So, um, okay, introduce more counterplay. Like, for example, like I, like, I think a good way, I mean, like, a good way to do this would be, like, with, like, how Lulu has her W, where she can either poly someone with it, or it gives them, she can choose to use it on the ally, give them an attack speed and the move speed, you know? It's like, there's a trade-off, right? Like, and also there's lots of circumstances mm -hmm. where, like, doing one or the other is, like, very makes a huge difference, you know what I mean? Like whether you're polling someone or yeah. giving your AD um, the attack speed steroid, like that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yep. I guess the and then the last thing was didn't they mention there were they didn't say what, but Lilia buffs are on the uh, the horizon. They are. We don't know the numbers but, or what yeah. they're doing. So, it's I. I don't even want to speculate because that could be totally placebo, or it could be something that they're actually doing. Because they had to nerf her a couple patches ago when they changed her to melee form as opposed to range because of the interactions with demonic embrace and such. But um, they're buffing her something. I don't know. I mean, it could be like a 0.5% AP ratio increase on her move speed on the passive of her Q, which would be nothing. Or it could be, you know, actually something meaningful. So I don't know. Um, I don't, I haven't played her all that much recently. I actually want to try and I want to play some more Lilia, but she, I guess when I have played her recently, she doesn't feel all that great. So maybe she does need a buff of some sort, but I hope that whatever they do, it's a jungle focused buff, not a top lane focused buff. So maybe, give her something else but really nerf her mana regen uh you could do extra monster damage or something like that or additional monster heal if they need or something but reduce the um reduce her laning ability top lane lilia is cancer for anyone that's played with uh with it against it or as it and nobody wants that to be in the game yeah, for sure so yeah but we've been going for a while uh so let's uh, let's wrap it up here. So um, this has been episode number seven hundred and ninety-four 
Um, we uh, we have community nights every night at or not every night. Oh my god. Um, every Tuesday at seven fifteen Eastern starts. Runs for three four hours and such. It's a really good time. Hop in and join us. We have a Patreon if you want to check that out. Uh, we have multiple different benefits that you can get for different tiers and such. Um, so check all of those out. We also have, I mean, you can, or if you have any feedback, please let us know. You can send any feedback you have to questions at trinityforcepodcast.com or send it in, uh, post something in the feedback thread of our Discord. We're always staying up to date if there's any sort of feedback, and uh, we appreciate that. Whenever there's technical difficulties or something wants to just, someone wants to share praise or critiques, we welcome it all and we encourage uh, community involvement. Um, also, uh, I think that's actually the rest of my spiel, but we are sad to say that one of our podcasters is going to be stepping back. Don't worry. It's not me. Uh, it's not John Fenrir, uh, a loved member of our community is going to be stepping back for, um, busy life reasons and such, but, um, he's been a joy to have on and we've loved every single pod and, uh, all of his really hot takes and, not caring about other changes and stuff. It's been great having him on here. So we're going to miss him for sure. But um, yeah, uh, with that, that is the end of 794. So have a good day, everyone. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we provided. provided.